Uh, I'm here. I'm just kind of sick, so I'm staying away from you all, and you all need to say amen, thank you, Pastor. And so uh, I'm kind of hiding and not spending time in here this morning. I hope you understand. I'm not mad at anybody, okay? But uh, I just don't want you to get anything that I feel like I'm coming down with. It's amazing. We're, we're 1,600, 1,700 years from Augustine, and he's still influencing even music. My soul is restless till it finds its rest in you, and, and that's what Jody was singing today. I did get a call from Mary Sawyers last night, and she wants us to pray, particularly for her daughter, Brenda, who is having surgery tomorrow, and I promised her we would do that in both services. So let's, let's just take a moment and pray right now for Brenda. Lord, right now we pray uh, for Brenda. We pray for this uh, surgery tomorrow. We pray for Mary. Uh, she's went through a lot these last uh, few weeks and months. And I pray now, Lord, that you will guide the doctor's hands, uh, that they will be instruments of your healing. And Lord, we will uh, truly see a miracle in this young lady's life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, stand with me if you will. I'm going to read some scripture. And since I haven't seen you standing yet, I'm going to make sure that you stand at least one time. Uh, John 16 beginning in verse 7, and these are the words of Jesus. But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you, and he, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment, concerning sin because they do not believe in me, and concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father, who, and you no longer see me. And concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. But when he, the, whole, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me. For he will take of mine and will disclose it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore I said what he takes of mine and will disclose it to you. Lord, bless your word. Uh, help us today as we begin to consider uh, the significance, the power, uh, the, the importance of the Holy Spirit in the walk of a Christian. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, you may be seated. Yeah. Uh, We've been exploring who we are. We've been talking about a very vision, who, who we are, ordinary people uh, following Jesus. And we've just been unpacking that the, the past few weeks. Uh, we, we, we talked about this eternal need that all of us have. All of us have uh, eternity in our hearts, as Solomon writes. We have this eternal need that, that we cannot fill with temporary things, even though in this world uh, we try oftentimes to fill this eternal need with material things that just do not last and it does not meet the need of our heart. We, we talked about Jesus, this, this God-man this, that fills this gap. He's fully God and he's fully human and his, in his divinity and in his humanness, he bridges the gap between us and God. He, he restores the relationship that was broken in the garden. And then we talked about Jesus being risen. Since he's risen, we can have hope. And whatever circumstance you're going through this morning, you have hope because Jesus is alive. And we, we gather on Sunday mornings as a testimony that Jesus is alive. And, and his, his risenness changes our circumstances. And it changes what we're talking about here. We're not talking about just purely religion, but we're talking about a relationship. 
that, that God has invited us to, to something more. And he's invited us to this intimate relationship through the Holy Spirit with our Heavenly Father. Jesus has torn the veil. And, and, and some of you know what I'm talking about. In the temple, when Jesus was crucified, there was a veil that separated the holy of holies, that separated the people from the essence, the presence of God. And, and when Jesus was crucified, the, the gospels tell us that that veil was torn from the top to the bottom to signify that God was doing the work. And, and no longer are we separated from God, but we can have an intimate relationship with our heavenly father and that is a good time to say amen. amen. And the Holy Spirit is central to God's plan. When we talk about this relationship, when we talk about ordinary people following Jesus, when we talk about all that we do, the Holy Spirit is not an afterthought, but the Holy Spirit is essential. In our theology, in our denomination, we emphasize, we particularly emphasize the work of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is central to all that we're talking about. And so when we talk about this, we say the Holy Spirit is. And, and, and you know, just think, how would you fill in that blank? The Holy Spirit is, you know, so some of you may say, well, the Holy Spirit is scary. <laughs> you know, that's why I don't use the word Holy Ghost, because a ghost is scarier than a spirit. And, and maybe you're thinking, oh, it's scary because what's the Holy Spirit going to ask me to do? And, and maybe you'd say the Holy Spirit is central, or, or maybe you'd say the Holy Spirit is power, or, or the Holy Spirit is purity, or the Holy Spirit is God, or the Holy Spirit is the presence of Jesus. But could it be this? The Holy Spirit is meant to be our most significant relationship in this life. It's the relationship that makes all other relationships right. It, 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 to have a, a, a crucial or a vibrant relationship with the Holy Spirit allows you to have a vibrant relationship with your wife or your husband. To have a vibrant relationship with the Holy Spirit allows you to have a proper relationship with your kids, with your friends, with your employers, with your employees. To have a vibrant, real, significant relationship with the Holy Spirit is central to life. So what do we know about the Holy Spirit and who is the Spirit? And there's four things I want to talk about just as a basis this morning. The first thing is what we've kind of been talking about. The Holy Spirit is significant to God's plan. It's, you know, the Holy Spirit's not the lesser part. It's not, well, there was God the Father and there was Jesus. And oh, now there's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is part of God's plan for humanity. And, and the Holy Spirit has been present throughout. And in creation, the Holy Spirit was active. And in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit is active. But, but, but God utilizes the Holy Spirit or the Holy Spirit is used or, or, or meets with people in a different manner. Instead of the Holy Spirit being present to all believers, the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament is present to a select few of individuals who, who serve as intercessors between the people and God. So, so you have Moses is full of the Holy Spirit. You have David who is full of the Holy Spirit. You, you have prophets who are full of the Holy Spirit. And these spirit-filled 
individuals serve as intercessors for the people, that they're mediators between the people and God. So, so the Holy Spirit is present doing his work throughout history. There, there's this interesting story in Numbers, and in Numbers, uh, Moses is complaining a little bit. <laughs> and God says, well, I'll tell you what, I'll take the spirit that's on you, and I'll place it on 70 other individuals. And, and, and God does that, and there's a couple of these guys that instead of meeting where they're supposed to meet, just stay back in the camp, and they're prophesying and praising God. And, and, and Joshua comes to Moses and says, hey, these two guys aren't where they're supposed to be. They're in the camp doing this. And, and uh, you know, do you want us to stone them or kill them? <laughs> and Moses says, if only all God's people were full of his spirit. And in saying that, Moses is prefiguring, is, is foreshadowing what God's plan is. God's plan is for all of his people to be full of his Holy Spirit. You find it throughout the Old Testament. and You find it in Ezekiel 36, 26 through 27. And I'm reading this from the New Living Translation. God says through the prophet, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I'll remove, remove the stone heart from your body and replace it with a heart that's God-willed, not self-willed. I'll put my spirit in you and make it possible for you to do what I tell you to do and live by my commands. In other words, God said, you know, I, I want my people to live like I want them to live. I want my people to have a heart that is responsive to me. Billy Graham, several years ago, wrote a book on the Holy Spirit. And in this book, he says there's two great needs that humankind has. And, and the first need is salvation. And, and Jesus provided salvation on a cross. And, and the second need, and this is Billy Graham's word, he says we need goodness, and the Holy Spirit is God's method of providing goodness. Now, I would probably change that word to authenticity. <laughs> that, that we need to not only be saved, but we want to live a life that's consistent with what we believe and consistent with our theology and consistent with following God. And the Holy Spirit enables us to do that. I want you to see this morning, the Holy Spirit is person, not force. See, I think sometimes we think of the Holy Spirit as this, it's like the Jedi force that, you know, that, that allows us to do these, these tasks and do these things. And, and we forget that the Holy Spirit has personality, that the, the Holy Spirit grieves, the Holy Spirit rejoices, that the Holy Spirit is person. And in his personhood, he was calling us to something deeper than just using him to get by or using him as a force. The third thing I want you to see is this. The Holy Spirit is an equal member of the Trinity. And we're building somewhere, okay? Be patient with me, okay? Maybe it's just because I'm sick this morning, but we are going somewhere with this this morning, okay? Okay? If you believe me, say amen. amen. All right. That was kind of, amen, I'll say amen, because he said say amen. Holy Spirit's not lesser God. There's not a hierarchy here. It's not God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit is an 
an equal member of the Trinity with the same authority, with the same power. The Holy Spirit is eternal. The Holy Spirit is active throughout eternity. And the really mind-blowing thing, if we really believe what I just said, the Holy Spirit lives within every believer. God lives in every believer. Listen to these words from Romans. Paul writes, however, you're not flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you, but if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. If Christ is not in you, though the body is dead because of sin, yet the spirit is alive because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in ye, you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So then, brethren, you, we are under obligation not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. But if you are living according to the flesh, you must die. But if by the spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons and daughters of God. For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you've received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. If you're a believer this morning, the very spirit of God dwells in you. So what does this mean? And, and why is this important? Well, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of God that resides in, in every believer. So, so when we talk about God residing in us, when we talk about the, the spirit of God, we are talking about the Holy Spirit. And, and I think when you look at the, 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 the history in the church, you, you, you have Christmas, which is God with us. And, and then you have Easter, which is God for us. And then you have Pentecost, which is God in us. And this is crucial. It's central. It's the point. It's what God has been trying to accomplish in humankind since Adam and Eve fell in the garden. God has been trying to reestablish this close personal relationship. So let's go back where we started. The Holy Spirit is meant to be the most significant relationship in this life. Okay? If you believe that, say amen. But is this true? And, 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 and I'm not asking you to raise your hand, but, but in your life, this week, if someone were to look at your life, would, it be, would they say, yeah, the Holy Spirit is their most significant relationship? Francis Chan wrote a book several years ago called Forgotten God, and he's talking about the Holy Spirit. It's, it's worth picking up and reading as he talks about the Holy Spirit and gives some good doctrinal um, uh, basis as well. But he says this early in the book, and this is the question I just can't get around. If it's true that the Spirit of God dwells in us and that our bodies are the Holy Spirit's temple, then shouldn't there be a huge difference between the person who has the Spirit of God living inside of him and her and the person who does not? 
I can tell you, when I read that quote, that, that struck me. You know, if, if the Spirit of God dwells in me, there should be a difference in my life. If the Spirit of God is present in this place, there should be a difference when we gather. Oftentimes, there's a, a gap between what we believe or we say we believe and what we live. And this morning, I'm not trying to guilt trip or, or lay uh, more on you than, than, than I should, but I, I think we should strive. And I, I believe God's calling us to something more. And I believe this morning, God is calling us to live in this greater reality, into this greater truth, and this greater understanding, into a closer relationship with the Holy Spirit. You know, we believe in the Holy Spirit, and we believe that he indwells the believer, but, but what keeps us from living in this reality? You know, when, when we talk about, we're, we're talking about relationship, not religion, and I think if the Holy Spirit is person, not force, and, and the Holy Spirit is, is here for relationship, I think it's possible to talk about our relationship with the Holy Spirit like we would talk about the relationship we have with anyone else on this earth and, and the barriers that we have in relationship. Now, now, there's a tangible problem. The Holy Spirit's not tangible, and you can't see him, you can feel him, but you can't see him. This week, I was in, in the prayer room and as the evangelist, and I kind of got on him after revival. I said, you know, it's really not right. When you come and, and preach at a revival, you're not supposed to preach things that drive the pastor to the altar. That's not right. But he talked about silence, and I was sitting there being silent, and I was kind of praying, you know, and I, I said something, God, can you just speak? And I thought, you know, if God would have spoke then, it would have scared me to death, right? You know, it was, God, just speak clearly. But if God showed up, we'd all be under the chairs, so the Holy Spirit's not tangible. And I thought, well, how can you illustrate? You know, when, when you're talking about something that's intangible, this is tangible, right? You can see this. Can you see this? This is tangible. You know, it's something you could see. It's concrete. It's there. And the Holy Spirit's not there or not tangible in this way. Can we do a little bit of exercise today? You know, we believe, and if you believe this, say amen, the Holy Spirit is present in this place. Okay, I want to invite the Holy Spirit just to sit right here. But the Holy Spirit is sitting in this chair. And I, I know some of you are going, man, I have a lot of questions for you, right? I mean, if the Holy Spirit was sitting here, would you have questions? But I think the more important question is what questions would he have for us? Because, see, I think there's, there's barriers in relationship. And I, and I think the relationship with the Holy Spirit is built through trust, thankfulness, and time. Now, those are three things. There could be, there's other things. But, but I think when you, when you talk about relationships in life, I think trust, thankfulness, and time are key to building relationship. And, and, and so if the Spirit is sitting here, that this is the Holy Spirit is sitting right here, and, and we talk about those three things, now can we get beyond the questions we would have for him, and what questions would he have for us? I say, I think the first question he says, do you trust me? 
Do you trust me? You know, you, you believe that I'm God Almighty, but do you trust me? And when I speak and when I call, do you move? You say, well, trust, that, that, that's just a God thing. You know, even in our relationships, trust lifts or kills relationship. And you see, the relationship with God was marred. Sin, sin, failing to obey God is just failing to trust God. Adam and Eve in the garden, God said, this is good. This place is good and this life is good. And and Adam and Eve could have chosen to live in what God declared as goodness, but but they believed a lie and, and they chose to eat the fruit from the tree of knowledge of good and evil because they thought that would be better. And they killed relationship with God. Let me ask you, is there something that the Holy Spirit has called you to do? Is there some level of obedience the Holy Spirit is calling you to and you just can't trust his voice enough to be obedient? Would he ask, can you acknowledge and be thankful for my move in your life? That's what the Spirit is asking you. Can you acknowledge and be thankful for what I'm doing in your life? You ever have anybody take you for granted? You know what that does to relationship? You know, if you're married, husband, if you're married, wife, and and you can't, all you see is the flaws and the faults, your relationship will deteriorate. You have to consciously be aware of all the good attributes, all the things to be thankful for. And I think it's true with our relationship with the Holy Spirit. If we can't acknowledge and be thankful for the move of the Holy Spirit, our relationship begins to to deteriorate. See, that's the importance of, of Sunday morning praise. Sunday morning praise is not pep rally. It's not to get our blood pumping. It's, it's not to, 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 to get us just in, in the mood to hear a preacher's message. But it's practicing thankfulness. You ever hear the phrase, the Holy Spirit inhabits our praise? You know, I've always thought that's kind of an interesting phrase. But, but, I, but I think it's significant because it's when we're praising. It's when we're thankful that we're acknowledging what God is doing in our life. And I know it's easier to focus on all the bad things in our life. If you've got something bad going on in your life, raise your hand. If you've got something good that the Holy Spirit's doing in your life, raise your hand. Being thankful acknowledging the Spirit's move, acknowledging His presence, His goodness, His mercy, His grace is vital to building this relationship. Let me ask you this. And if the Holy Spirit was sitting here, would He say, are you taking time to build our relationship? I, I, I like what Dr. Benson said, because a lot of what Dr. Benson was saying was just taking time and being aware of the Spirit's presence. Be quiet. Be silent. Shut up. Let somebody else talk. Listen. You know, be quiet and take time for the Holy Spirit. You know, why is it so hard 
for us to take time? What, why is it so easy to fill all our time and become distracted? Anybody ever distracted? Yeah, you are. <laughs> I am. This morning I was coming into work, coming into church. It sounded weird, didn't I? I'm coming into work, you're going to punch the clock. Uh, coming into church, and uh, when you're sick, it feels like work. Uh, but I was coming into church, and, and I, would, I never go through downtown Marysville because of all the stoplights. You know, so I go down Maple Street where there's the stop signs. And I sat for five minutes at the stop sign and realized that stop sign wasn't going to change from red to green. Uh, I was glad it was 6.30 in the morning. I'm just sitting there, sitting there, and I went, wait a minute, this is a stop sign. No, it's easy to get distracted. It's, it's easy to, to fill our time. It's, it's easy not to listen. It's easy just to get caught up with all the things going on in our life. It's, it's easy even in our personal life to let our relationships be crowded out. And, and I read a book several years ago called Margins. And, and the ideal behind the book is that relationship is built in the margins of life. And, and when you fill your life to the brim, when there's no space in your life, then there's no space for relationship with others and there's no space for relationship with the Holy Spirit. You know, that's the importance of Sabbath. And I would venture to guess that there's very few people, even this pastor at times, and I'm learning the importance of Sabbath. There's very few people that build the routine of Sabbath in your life. And Sabbath is just an opportunity to take a breath and listen to the Spirit, to hear from God, to express thanks. See, Jesus says the Sabbath wasn't made for God, it was made for you. You need breaks. You know, sometimes we're there, but we just aren't there. And, and some Sunday mornings we're here, but we're completely distracted. And some devotion times, we, we're just going through the motions and we're not really listening. But if we want to live in relationship with the Holy Spirit, and if we want to live this life that God's calling us to, we won't do it independent of the Holy Spirit, okay? Do you understand that? I, I mean, are, are, am I tracking this well enough? If... If we want to be, if we want to follow Jesus, if we want to live in the power and the authority that he has in mind for us, it's impossible to do it without the Holy Spirit. You'll grow frustrated. You may give up. You may just start going through the motions, but there's no power. There's no, you never take a risk. I mean, there's a lot of questions I could ask to to. to, to for us to kind of gauge where we are with the Holy Spirit. But I think that's one. Have you taken a risk for God in the last six months? Last three weeks? Last week? When was the last time that the Holy Spirit was so real and he, he called you to do something and you stepped out on faith and you stepped out not knowing? When was the last time you were truly convicted? So, well, conviction, if I'm living, a, no, I think we can harden our hearts and we can cover our ears and we can get to the point where we don't hear the Spirit anymore. And, and can I tell you, I, I don't believe conviction from the Holy Spirit ends in a believer's life. I, I believe there's always areas 
where God is calling us to greater growth, even if you're entirely sanctified. So when was the last time you were convicted? When was the last time you were broken? See, the Spirit sometimes just breaks us. When was the last time you were so thankful for what God was doing, you were weeping? See, I would say if it's been a while for any of those things, that that maybe you need to take some time this morning and just spend time in prayer. Stand with me, if you will. The Spirit's here. (laughs) Are you here? (laughs) I mean, really here? Um, We're not going to play music. I'm going to wait a couple minutes, and and maybe you just want to come and pray, and this is private time. We're not going to, nobody's going to jump you and pray with you this morning. If you want somebody to pray with you, just grab somebody. But uh, we're just going to wait for a few moments. Maybe you'd like to come and pray. You may be seated in the pews. Just take a a few moments and um, speak to God. Speak to the Spirit. And and I'm going to close this in prayer in just a couple minutes. And and I'd ask that um, as we leave, that we be mindful if if after I'm done praying, that if people are still at the altars. uh, You know, we sometimes just kind of close abruptly and we want to give space if, if people want to linger, uh, but be mindful of that as you leave after I close. But let's spend a few minutes in prayer privately. Our Heavenly Father, um, we're thankful for the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit empowers, enables. The Holy Spirit convicts and draws. The, The Holy Spirit calls us to righteousness, to right relationship with you. Lord, I believe that, um, in this right relationship with you through the, through the work of the Holy Spirit, we are able to have right relationship with others. So help us, Lord, not to, um, to see this as some sort of religious obligation, but instead a pathway to real life this vibrant relationship, this vibrant connection with the Holy Spirit. So Lord, I pray that um, you'll help us to be thankful, to acknowledge your work, 
to acknowledge the presence of the Spirit, to acknowledge the gifts of the Spirit, to acknowledge the things that He does in our lives. I pray, Lord, that you'll help us to to just to be aware and, and take the time this week, not just on a Sunday morning, but Lord, on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and the, the times in our life where we can pause, the times where relationship can be built, may we put a priority on time with, with you, with your spirit. Lord, Lord, just help us to um, listen and to move as you call us. Lord, we, we want to be obedient people. We, we, we want to, um, to trust you and, and where you call, we want to go. So Lord, help us as we just, um, as we find relationship with you through your spirit. Lord, may we not be content with yesterday's experience or today's experience, but Lord, may we just continue to grow in you to grow in the image of Christ, to, to allow our character and our, our, our attitude and our life to be shaped by your spirit. Lord, we love you and we're thankful for every good gift. And we just give you thanks, Lord, for um, the work of your spirit in this place this morning and the work of the spirit in our life this week. And we pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Bless.